Welcome to the AIM Mutual podcast series on injury prevention and worksite wellness. I'm Chris Sharp, and today we'll be talking about some of the proven benefits in bringing ergonomics to the workplace, along with some of the new attention ergonomics field is getting right now. Christopher King, Injury Prevention and Worksite Wellness Consultant at AIM Mutual, will provide some key insights into how ergonomics can support wellness initiatives in the workplace, in addition to some practical ways to bring these changes into the office or even the new home office, as many of us find ourselves working remotely over the past several months. Welcome, Chris. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about ergonomics and the positive impact a proactive ergonomics program can have on any organization or really household for that matter. And, um, you know, in my 25 year career, I've had the pleasure of being part of many successful ergonomic programs at AIM Mutual, you know, uh, the injury prevention and worksite wellness team uh, works with a wide variety of companies and organizations, both big and small. And our overall focus as a department is really very simple. And it's to help organizations and workforces create and foster a positive and proactive safety culture through teamwork and the sharing of knowledge. So for those of us who may not be familiar with this concept of ergonomics, can you start off by explaining really just what ergonomics are? Sure. I mean, ergonomics in its most simple term is just basically the interaction between people in their work environment. And sometimes it goes a little bit deeper and it looks into the study of people's efficiency at their work environment. And uh, another term that people like to throw around a lot with ergonomics is human factors. And that really looks at the physical components of ergonomics as well as the, as the psychological aspects and impacts that those have on people and the overall business. Okay. Uh, what, what got you into the field? Well, really, I mean, ergonomics is very interesting to me. And if you think about it, ergonomics is all around us and has been for centuries. Um, and it goes back as far as, you know, the simple... Uh, tool designs like shovels and hammers and picks, you know, back in the caveman days, right. and then rapidly expanded in, you know, the World War One, World War Two era, um, with a major focus on human machine interaction, um, with all the sophisticated military equipment like planes and tanks, you know, they had to look at these and design these cockpits to lay out hundreds of buttons and gauges and switches in a very, very tight space in a very high stress environment. Um, And and then later on, you know, the automotive industry came around and from Henry Ford's first production line all the way to Toyota manufacturing and the Toyota way uh, has really taken ergonomics and human factors to a new level of sophistication, um, including things like exoskeleton suits that are being worn by auto workers today uh, to assist with heavy lifting and static movement. Um, But I'm really here to, you know, remind everybody that ergonomics doesn't have to be complicated or overly technical, you know, or expensive. Um, if you stick to the basic principles and focus on the low-lying fruit at the beginning, that's really key. And it's great to actually walk away with a few wins for the organization by making some meaningful changes uh, that positively impact the workforce or the workers, and that'll really help you build momentum. Ergonomics at home is also something, you know, that should be looked at. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, you need to be comfortable and efficient at home. And, you know, that, that's very important as well. Spending time, you know, to dedicate a workspace for yourself and not have it be the kitchen table or the living room coffee table um, would really, you know, reap benefits. Yeah, I could use that, um, <laughs> as, as I'm sure so many could at this moment. Absolutely. 
Well, I mean, I've read that implementing ergonomics in the workplace can bring a number of expected and then even some very less obvious benefits. Can you explain a few ways that, I mean, ergonomics can make a positive difference in the workplace? Oh, absolutely. A successful ergonomic program really shows that a company or organization is committed to health and safety as a core value. Right. And there there are really four major benefits um, that an effective ergonomics program can reap. And that's uh, reduction of costs and improvements in quality, productivity, and the engagement of employees. And it, it's so important that a, a healthy, engaged employees are the most valuable asset to any organization. And really creating and fostering a proactive health and safety culture will lead to better human performance um, for the entire organization. Right. And it's really... It's crazy that, you know, ergonomics and safety really go hand in hand, and they've been looked at separately for for years. But in many of the most successful companies in America, you know, heavily focus on on really eight key health and safety principles, and and they're very simple. Uh, The first, which is probably the most important, is support from leadership or management in all EH&S efforts. Um, Safety really has to be a top-down process. Uh, It's very difficult to do it from the middle out. So having you know dedicated leadership uh, being involved in this is key. Uh, the second one is employee involvement. We go into a lot of companies where you have engineers and managers sitting in a conference room coming up with standard operating procedures and ways to perform tasks. And employees really need to be involved in that because they're the ones that are doing it. Another, the third one is innovative solutions for safety challenges. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we go into a place and we ask the simple question, hey, why are you doing it that way? And because that's the way we've done it for years. Right. We <laughs> but to really get creative and innovative, to look at an old problem and create a new solution uh, really helps you build momentum. Uh, the fourth thing you kind of look at is the injury and illness uh, rates lower than the average in their industry. If you're a company and you're happy with the average or you know even slightly above or below the average industry rate, um, that's something you really got to look at. Every company and organization should really strive to be below that industry rate. Um, and that really says a lot about your organization. Uh, a fifth thing is a comprehensive training program. You know, we see a lot of excellent documents with safety policies, procedures, processes, safety guides, um, and some of them are two inches thick. But if they don't train the people in a way that they can understand and comprehend what's going on, it's really not even worth the paper that it's written on. Right. Um, Another important feature is, you know, the evidence of having some type of prevention of incidents as a cornerstone of your safety process. And that looks like, you know, a near miss program, a safety observation program, an employee idea generation program, something to keep those lines of communication and two way conversations going and to get ahead of things versus only address them when something bad has happened. Right. And that leads to the last two. And that's good communication of safety values. If you walk into an organization and you have to guess what their safety values are and they're not at every corner, then that's something you got to look at. And every organization has to have measurable goals or metrics in all phases of the business. You know, safety can't be a standalone uh, piece of the business. It has to be incorporated into every other aspect of the business. You touched on something there I want to I want to ask about. Uh, I definitely understand the idea of ergonomics as a cost reduction measure for businesses, uh, particularly from a workers' compensation standpoint. But you've mentioned, I mean, can it really improve productivity and employee well-being? Oh, absolutely. The best ergonomic solutions, you know, will often improve productivity, uh, which is important at, you know, work or home, to be honest with you. 
And uh, but this, by designing a job that allows for good posture, less exertion or force, fewer motions and movements, uh, better working surface heights for less reaching, the work or the job task becomes easier and the person becomes more efficient. And likewise, on the flip side of that, poor ergonomics really leads to, you know, frustrated and fatigued workers who don't really do their best work. You know, um, an example of that is, you know, when a job task is too physically taxing or demanding on a person, they may not perform that job the way that they were trained to do. And, you know, we see it a lot in um, manufacturing where employees might not fasten a screw or a washer or a nut or something like that. Uh, tight enough due to high force and repetition requirements, um, which could really lead to product quality issues down the line. And it also happens in jobs like customer service. You know, imagine having a, you know, a tension headache with neck pain and you're on a phone call or a face-to-face interaction with a customer. You know, that customer may not get the best you have to offer because you're focused on pain, you know, versus the job at hand. Right. And um, at home, you know, many times we try to do way too much um, in, the, in the amount of time that we have to do things. And uh, don't think projects all the way through from the very beginning. And, you know, my, my dad always said it's better to think twice and move once. <laughs> and, um, you know, re- you really need to review the job before you start it and focus on what you need to do that job safely and efficiently. You know, simple things like make sure that you have all the tools and equipment that you need before you start. Make sure that that equipment and tooling is in good working condition. Make sure that you have the materials you need um, in a convenient location. If you have to walk 10, 15 feet away to get things, that decreases your productivity. Right. Um, also things like reviewing your walking and working surfaces. You know, where am I doing this job on? Consider personal protective equipment like safety glasses or work boots or gloves. Um, and really, most importantly, have a good, clear picture of the job site and a well-thought-out action plan You know, will make any job easier and more efficient. And um, there are a ton of examples of stuff like this at home, and we'll talk about more as we go. But, you know, things like one-sided work, you know, like raking leaves or shoveling snow, that's all one-sided work. Mm -hmm. So trying to alternate your hands or your body position to kind of equalize that workload on both sides of your body is very important. And it's going to take practice, Um, but in the long run, it's definitely worth it. And I always try to tell, give the example of, you know, trying to brush your teeth. If you're right-handed, trying to brush your teeth with your left hand is very challenging. So imagine raking or shoveling or weed whacking. It's the same thing. So don't give up on it because in the long run, it'll pay dividends. So you touched upon something a little bit there. Uh, I think the question on a lot of people's minds is, is how this can affect the remote worker. Uh, what suggestions can you make for people who are new to working from home and dealing with some of these challenges themselves? Well, really stick to the same principles. You know, it's really not much different than a manufacturing environment or any other organization. I mean, look at what you need to do. Um, Look at the current state that you're doing it in. And again, if you're at a kitchen table, on a laptop, on a chair, a kitchen chair, a wooden chair, those are all things you have to look at. You know, and I always try to tell people to look from the ground up or your feet up. So make sure your ankles, your knees and your hips are all at a 90 degree angle or a perfect L shape. Um, You know, if you're sitting on a couch and you're sunk in, that's not going to happen. If you're sitting on a bar stool that's up too high, that's not going to happen. The second thing I would look at is your elbows. Both elbows should also be at a 90 degree or an L-shaped angle. And it's also really good to have some type of armrest to kind of rest your arms on there to take away some of that that pressure on them as well. 
Uh, and then simple things like looking at your computer, the way it's laid out, uh, making sure that your monitor is no more than 18 to 24 inches away from your face, uh, making sure that the top of your monitor uh, lines up somewhere between your eyes and your nose for good posture as well. So there's a lot of small things you can do that'll make you much more comfortable, uh, relieve any musculoskeletal pain you might have from sitting in a computer for a long period of time. Uh, but simple, easy adjustments can make a, a real difference in the long run. Okay. As you went through that list, I realized I was doing every single thing you said completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you don't have to boil the ocean. You know, a lot of times people try to attack the whole problem. But I always think foundationally, you know, starting off with your feet, knees, and hips, um, you know, will kind of have a chain reaction for the rest of you. But stop small, stop simple, get a few wins in there, and you'll feel significantly better. Nice. I need it. Um, okay, so let's say I've been given the go-ahead to redesign a workspace or an entire area ergonomically. How should I or employers begin and what should they focus on? Uh, to me, the most important thing is to have a plan and follow some type of data. You know, math doesn't lie. Right. Uh, we go into a lot of organizations where people think they understand what the problem is or what the situations are that need fixing. But if you really take a step back and look at your data, that really should clarify things and help you kind of come up with clear goals and objectives. And for me personally, I would start with your OSHA injury log or your workers' compensation loss run, because that's going to tell you the type of injuries that you're having, the locations and job tasks that are most common for those injuries, and it'll really give you a good location on where to start. Uh, and to go a little further on that too, you know, one of the things we see a lot is that companies don't really understand their job tasks. So this really forces them to look at the way people are performing their job. It forces people to get out onto the manufacturing floor or to actually watch their employees do their job. Right. Um, and that's one thing that you would think would be very common sense, but it's really not. Because a lot of the times people just get stuck in offices or cubicles and they don't kind of drift out onto the floor and see how people are actually performing the work. I mean, this is a lot of fantastically good information. Where can I go to find some good resources in all of this? Well, there's really a lot of information and resources available online, you know, and much of it's free and on public domain. And there are also plenty of professional organizations uh, that deal with ergonomics that you can hire, you know, to help and assist, but they tend to be a little bit costly. But certainly for our policyholders, a good place to start free of charge is with AIM Mutual and the Injury Prevention and Worksite Wellness Department, you know. Okay. Our team as industrial ergonomic experts can help your program get started and or assist with more complex jobs. Uh, we get a lot of calls from people with not really an overall ergonomics program, but individual job tasks that are causing nightmares for them. So we can do either the broad approach or we can look at very specific job tasks. And then we also have office ergonomics, you know, like we just talked about working from home. A lot of people in some organizations don't really realize that the office staff have a lot of ergonomic issues and we have office ergonomic assessment capabilities to come in, look at people's workstations and desks make little adjustments on the way and we also you know try to encourage kind of a train the trainer approach with a lot of safety committee members and not that they'll become ergonomic experts but we can train members of a safety committee to actually go out and do ergonomic audits and help people with small problems along the way so nice well 
Chris, thank you so much for all of your insight on this. And uh, thank you to our listeners for spending this time with us today. You can find out a lot more about this on the A-Mutual website. Please feel free to uh, reach out with any of your thoughts or questions you might have and be sure to tune in for our next topic. Chris, thanks again. Hey, thanks. Make sure to make time for yourself. I need it. I need it.